Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, festival director. For 30 years, the North Carolina Dance Festival has been building a strong network of choreographers, dancers, and audiences across North Carolina. In this podcast, I'll be diving deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. We'll have artist interviews, behind-the-scenes insights into the 2020 season, and fun and important conversations about dance and the creative life. Whether you're a dancer yourself or just curious about the who, how, and especially the why of dance, we're glad to have you along for this journey. When I first started planning the 30th anniversary of the North Carolina Dance Festival, this wasn't how I imagined the season would go. For listeners who may not be familiar with the NC Dance Festival, or NCDF as we sometimes abbreviate it, here's the short version of the origin story. This is an annual showcase of North Carolina's professional, modern, and contemporary choreographers. The festival was founded in 1991 by Jan Van Dyke, and originally, the festival brought choreographers from other parts of North Carolina, specifically Durham and Raleigh, to perform at the new UNC Greensboro Dance Theater. Jan was teaching at UNCG at the time and wanted her students to get to know other choreographers working throughout the state. Maybe, she thought, if there was a strong and active dance community in North Carolina, the talented dancers coming out of all of these college and university programs wouldn't feel like they had to leave the state to have a dance career in places like New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., or other large dance centers. Jan established Dance Project, a nonprofit she'd founded in D.C., here in Greensboro, and the festival has been one of Dance Project's major programs since then, along with Jan's dance company, the Van Dyke Dance Group, and our studio based in the Greensboro Cultural Center. Over time, the festival expanded, featuring Greensboro choreographers and dancers as well, And then the festival began to tour the state. Each season, the festival would feature a number of dance artists who would perform at the festival's largest in Asheville, Boone, Raleigh, Greensboro, Charlotte, and Wilmington. Choreographers started to get to know each other. Audiences and dancers in each city began to anticipate the NCDF performance each year as a way to reconnect with artists in other parts of the state or get to know new artists. For many artists, this was a way to share their work much more widely than they would have been able to otherwise. This is my 10th season with the festival. I can't believe it's been that long. I started assisting with the festival in 2011 and then moved into the festival director position in 2015 after Jan passed away and my colleague Lauren Joyner and I became executive directors for Dance Project. Over these past 30 years, the festival has shifted, evolved, tried new things. The dance community in North Carolina looks really different now than it did back in 1991. Choreographers have new challenges, new interests. There are new opportunities and resources in some ways, and fewer in other ways. And through it all, the festival has maintained its focus on supporting contemporary choreographers, helping to build a statewide dance network, educate students and audiences about modern and contemporary dance, and above all, make North Carolina a place that dancers want to build a career in. Anyway, we'd planned an exciting 30th anniversary season, scheduled to tour to Durham, Asheville, and Greensboro, 
with special guests, new dances, and some very cool projects. And then, well, I'm sure you can guess where this is going. Like so many festivals and businesses of all kinds, we came to an abrupt stop in March with the spread of the coronavirus. When it became clear that we would not be able to hold our live performances as we'd planned, we set out to think of new ways to feature the work of North Carolina artists, to get people engaged in dance, maybe in unexpected ways, and how to still honor the history of the festival and celebrate the ways we're carrying that history forward into the future. One of the exciting and, if I'm honest, mildly terrifying things about this season is that there are so many parts of the season and they're all new. This is not the way we've organized the festival in the past and it's hard to know how it will all go. But as so often happens in art and life, the limitations of the season have inspired us to think of new and different solutions for how to support local artists, foster innovative work, and share with audiences in new ways. I'm approaching this season kind of like a choreographer myself. These days, I don't usually use that word to describe myself, but it seems to fit here. There was a short period of time during my graduate program and maybe shortly after when choreographer was one of the artistic hats I wore, along with teacher, performer, and arts administrator. I enjoyed the challenge of choreography in grad school, the thrill of seeing the dance come together, sometimes in ways I hadn't anticipated. The experience gave me practice with letting the dance emerge rather than planning it all out from the beginning. I learned that I loved letting the dance talk to me in its own language, to tell me what it needed based on the dancers, the energy and ideas that they were bringing to rehearsal, and the dance's own internal logic. It might sound a little out there, maybe, to talk about the dance as if it had a mind of its own, but I did experience it that way sometimes. And in working that way, I learned how to work with what was in front of me, help it become something interesting, be patient as I looked for what was emerging. So now that I'm farther away from that direct studio and rehearsal experience, I see the other ways that that approach shows up in my life and work. In this season of the festival, I'm assembling the components of the season, the dancers, if you will, and I've done my best to cast the strongest performers I can find. I have an overall vision for the season, for this dance that we're creating, even if sometimes that vision is just a feeling I want the festival to have. And now we'll see how the components start to come together, where we can adjust, what works, and communicates what we want it to, and what doesn't. It's an exploration, an experiment of sorts, and I can't wait to see what emerges. I've been thinking a lot about time recently, particularly the challenge of celebrating a milestone anniversary at a time when so many of us have no choice but to live only in the present moment. Right now, in the sixth month of a global pandemic, at least for most of us here in the U.S., the past feels like a distant memory. Was that a previous life we lived? The future seems similarly hazy. How long will this last? How will our community be changed? How will our bodies and brains be changed? Making plans more than a week or two in advance seems hard to do. What, what if everything has changed again by then? But in the context of planning this anniversary, I'm feeling the tangible weight and impact of history of the past on where we find ourselves today. Several of the components of our virtual festival connect directly with moments from the past. For instance, we've invited 20 choreographers to create a micro dance, which is a 
30 to 60 second dance, just a tiny little moment of a dance, based on images collected throughout the festival's history. Each artist chose five of the 30 possible images as the starting place for their dance. These images capture a moment in time, a tiny window into a dance, a glimpse of the people who performed in that moment, maybe from last year, 10 years, or even 30 years ago. With the Microdance Project, these images from the past get to come to life in a new way, in a new body, in a new context. These dances are dependent upon the historical memories, and those memories get to be carried into the future, transformed. I can't wait to see the films and to talk to the artists about what it was like to choreograph this way. We'll feature our conversations with the choreographers on the podcast in the coming weeks. One of our other components of the festival works in an almost opposite way. We will be working with North Carolina photographer Zoe Litiker to take a series of 30 photographs of dancers who've been instrumental in establishing, defining, and evolving the festival over the years. Each of these artists is a collection of the moments they've lived, their personal history intertwining with the story of the dance festival in a variety of ways. But these photos will capture them in one moment of time, a glimpse of a whole life in one instant. Both of those parts of the season involve photographs at their center, and of course the medium of video to record and share the movement. In our collaboration with Greensboro Downtown Parks, we have a different starting place. As part of a National Dance Day celebration, we've partnered with the park to create an interactive mural. Choreographer Alexandra Warren and visual artist Darlene McClinton are designing a mural for the park, LeBauer Park, which is in downtown Greensboro, that will inspire park goers to move as they explore the installation. Four other choreographers will create their own movement responses inside the mural, and those in-the-moment dances will be shared via video. I love that the visual design of the mural will prompt movement for these professional dancers and anyone else traveling through the park, and that in this way, we can bring people together through dance, even at a time when we can't gather all together at the same time. When I think about the season as a whole, I see multiple threads snaking away from a common starting place. I see hundreds of individual journeys. I hear the numerous creative voices that make up the artists across North Carolina that have contributed to the festival over the years and that continue to point the way forward. I'm fascinated by the different ways that the artists we're featuring this season have crafted their work and by the common ideas, dreams, and activities that bring them and us together. Those voices, those ideas and dreams, that's what we'll be bringing you in this podcast. We can't wait to dive in. Full details for all of our season activities are or will be on our website during the season, which is danceproject.org slash ncdf2020. Our mailing list is also a great way to get all the information about the season. Thanks for listening. North Carolina Dance Festival 30th Anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, and the Ecolab Foundation. We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that North Carolina dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. 
To make a donation toward this season's festival fund, please visit danceproject.org slash ncdf2020. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode.